Man, God is at work, isn't he? He is at work in our church, and all the way from infants to graduating seniors, it's really, really incredible to see all that God is doing in our midst in the next generation. Um, A few months ago, Eric asked me to come speak at the youth group gathering, and I said, yes, of course, I would love to. I was a a youth pastor for a long time, and he said, there's only one caveat, there's only one catch, and he said, it'll be around midnight. I'm like, midnight? I'm like, in the middle of my REM sleep, my beauty sleep at that time, and so I ended up taking a two-hour nap and then showing up at the all-nighter at midnight, uh, sharing God's word, man. I, I don't know if I was fully awake or not. I heard that I was actually there. I was there, right? Okay, yeah. But it's just amazing what Eric does with the students and what children, uh, what Lindsay does with the kids, and it's really, really awesome. So when I was in sixth grade, I was invited to go on this youth group retreat called The Great Escape, and we escaped to Bristol, Tennessee, and King's College, and uh, it was really, really fun. At the end of the week, I heard the gospel message, and I remember getting on my knees under the stars and committing my life to Jesus. And I remember just putting a stake in the ground and saying, God, I want to follow you with my life. And uh, it was one of those moments I will never forget. I saw a statistic recently where 94% of adult Christians made a decision to follow Christ before the age of 18. 94 Percent, wrap your mind around that. 94% of adult Christians made a decision to follow Christ before the age of 18. Especially between the ages of 4 and 14. So just take a moment and just allow, allow that to sink in. I mean, what, what a sense of urgency we have, this precious window of time to invest in the next generation. I mean, how important of an endeavor God has given us to open the word to young people, to show them the love of Christ, and to present them the opportunity, like Lindsay said, 30 kids at Easter receive Christ, to see kids step into relationship with Christ and follow him with their lives. It sets the course. Are we investing in the next generation? That's the question today. How are you investing in the next generation? You know, Jesus was a prime example of what it looked like to invest in the next generation. Psalm 90, 12 uh, says, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me to number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. When we see how many days we have left, Reggie Joyner says, we get more serious about the time we have now, Right? When you hear the clock ticking, when you see this precious window of time that we have to raise up these kids in the way they should go, man, what matters most, we prioritize, don't we? And Jesus models this. Let's jump into Mark chapter 10, verse 13. They were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant, that means angry, and he said to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. I love this, these parents, these, uh, these coaches, these teachers, these neighbors, these aunts, these uncles, these grandpas, these grandmas, whoever they were, and it's a very general term, these 
people made it a priority to bring these kids to the feet of Jesus. Wow. So the first key to investing in the next generation is to make it a daily priority. Everybody say priority. Priority. Just making sure you're with me. Priority. Make it a daily priority. The disciples were kind of standing in the way. And these, these parents, these these, these coaches, these teachers, whoever they were, they had so much compassion and love for these kids that they, they, they were going to stop at nothing to get them to the feet of Jesus. But the disciples were caught up in, in the urgent. They were overwhelmed by the tyranny of the urgent. How many of us are guilty of that? And the important and the urgent gets reversed. We're so consumed with our agenda and our schedule, get from point A to point B, and we're in our little comfort zone that we fail to recognize that the future is now. The future is now, and the time is ticking. We only have so many days and weeks and months and years to really influence and mold and shape these kids and bring them to Jesus. And I love the, the perfect tense here is, is, is communicating that they kept bringing the kids to Jesus. It wasn't just this one time that they brought the kids to Jesus. It was just ongoing. It was constant. It was repetitive. Multiple times. It was a lifestyle. These people had committed their lives. They had prioritized getting these kids, these students, the next generation to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus rebukes the disciples. He says, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Let these kids come to me. Let these kids come to me. How many of us are in the way? Maybe we're not physically standing in the way. I believe maybe it's the sin of omission. It's what we're not doing. It's what we could do more of. Maybe it's financially investing in a church or some kind of organization that is reaching the next generation. You might say, Heath, uh, uh, kids, that ship has sailed. I raised kids for a while. I'm an empty nester now. You know, kids aren't my thing. Go encourage people who are hanging out with kids. Somebody had coffee with me the other day. He said, Heath, you know, the ship sailed for me, and, you know, I don't really like hanging out with kids, but I believe in the next generation. I want to be able to sit with the youth leaders, with the children's workers, and encourage them and pray for them because I know how important it is to invest in the next generation. That's great. Find your lane. Find your niche to invest in the next generation. Generation, maybe it's time, treasures, and talents, whatever it is. It's a partnership. It's a partnership we have between the church and the family. How many of you have heard of Orange? It's this curriculum that we use from week to week with kids and students, but it's this philosophy. Guess what happens when you put red and yellow together? You create the color orange. Red represents... Red represents the family, the home, the permanent influence in a child's life. It's not just dropping off the kids at church and just, all right, it's all on you, church, to raise my kids in Christ. The church and the family working together. The church represented by the color yellow, the light of Christ. And so when red and yellow come together, when the church and the family come together, that maximizes the impact. And so as a family ministry at Spring Branch, we want to partner with you. We want to collaborate with you. It's not all on the family. It's not all on the church. It's us together. Teamwork makes the dream work. We are better together as we raise kids in Christ. You may have received an email earlier this morning. 
It's a, it's a survey. It's just a, a beginning of a conversation. We want to hear from you as parents or as people who are familiar with kids these days. Okay, what, what are the felt needs in your family? How can we partner with you? How can we help, uh, help you uh, walk alongside these kids who are caught up in this crazy, crazy world? Uh, uh, with the, the tragedy, the crisis that happened a couple days ago, it just struck me. It just elevated the importance of this message even more. I mean, sometimes I just want to put helmets on my kids and just have them live in a padded room and just don't, don't go out there, okay? Don't go out there. It's a crazy, crazy world. We can't do that. But what we can do is show them who they really are and make sure that their feet are on a firm foundation, and that is a relationship with Christ, and we can make them a daily priority so that when the storms come, when crisis happens, and in this world we'll find trouble, as Jesus says, they will know who to turn to. They won't run away from God. They'll run towards God. 2,920 days. That's how many days I've got left before Rhett graduates. My oldest, he turns 11 in a couple weeks. 2,920 days. Lord, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. This window of time is so precious. Whether you're a parent or not, We've got an opportunity in our own way to make it a daily priority to invest in the next generation. Let's read on. Verse 15, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Everybody say, like a child. Say it like a child. (laughs) Grow a kingdom perspective. Grow a kingdom perspective. Everybody say perspective. This is a family Sunday, so it's all about interacting, participation, okay? I'm a former youth pastor. Um, Make it a kingdom perspective. Grow a kingdom perspective. What's that mean? It means have an eternal perspective. Being fully alive. If you think about the letters in the word alive, it's always living in view of eternity. What's it mean to be fully alive? It's having our eyes fixed on heaven When we do that, everything on earth falls into place as far as what is the main thing. And that is investing in the next generation. Like a child. How many of us have a faith like a child? Children have this unadulterated, pure trust, don't they? They have this trust, this pure, innocent trust in adults. I, I throw my, my daughter, Lila, up in the air. I saw this post on Instagram. It's like these two different pictures <laughs> of that. And, uh, you know, the dad's perspective is, is the daughter who's just, you know, four or five feet up, no big deal. But the, the mom's perspective is the child, like, up 30 feet up in the air. <laughs> Lindsay's over there, like, holding her breath. What are you doing? But my daughter's not asking me, hey, Dad, have you calculated, you know, the gravity and everything? And, you know, uh, she, ha- she doesn't ask me any of that. She just trusts me. And we are God's kids, and he is our father. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Or are we trying to dot every I and cross every T and have all the answers? Let's set aside our critical spirit, friends. Let's not forget that childlike sense of awe and wonder and curiosity. Remember that time? Maybe you sat under the stars. Remember you made a decision to follow Christ and you had all these questions like, 
who and where and when and how, and you were so excited to see God everywhere you went. You were like a tour guide pointing out where God is to your left and to your right. God wasn't just at a certain time at a certain place on a Sunday morning, but he was everywhere. May we have faith like a child. May we receive him like a child. We are powerless without him. Kids are powerless. Young kids are powerless without their parents, without a guardian. And they are teachable. May we be teachable, always asking questions. I can just see us in heaven at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, where? Why? How? How'd you do that? Why'd you do that? You know? Just hours and hours of Jesus. Tell me about that. Why'd you do that? How'd that happen? Where? When? A kingdom perspective. He throws down the gauntlet here. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Grow a kingdom perspective. Verse 16, and he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Commit to lifelong prayer. Commit to lifelong prayer. I've done a lot of things wrong. You can ask Lindsay as a parent, as a dad. But one thing I'm committed to not doing wrong, and that is prayer. Put a stake in the ground. If you're a parent or not, draw a line in the sand and say, not on my watch. I'm going to pray specific, bold prayers for the next generation. Are you praying for the next generation? Because guess what? Your prayer can shape the eternal destiny of the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. Maybe you don't see results right away, but you know what? A prayer plants a seed that will eventually come up. If you plant a sunflower, the sunflower will come up. You'll reap what you sow, maybe more than you sow, later than you sow. But when you love a child, when you spend time with them, and love over time matters most, it's not just a one singular act. It's over time, countless acts of love for the next generation that makes the maximum impact. Are you investing in the next generation? Are you making it a daily priority? Do you have a kingdom perspective And are you committed to lifelong prayer? Prayer works. The wisest investment you can make in the next generation is prayer. This is a prayer that I prayed over Rhett, and I try to continue to pray over my kids before they go to bed. It's found in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The band's going to come out, and we're going to close with a prayer led by our youth. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, Rhett, Isley, Lila, fill in that name. Maybe there's a name of a young child or a student that comes to mind right now. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Make this your prayer for the next generation. You know, it's not... It's not a coincidence that the story right after this story is the story of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler, he knows all the Sunday school answers. He probably comes to church just like you every Sunday. But Jesus challenges him. He challenges him. And he says, you know all the answers. You're talking a good game, but are you walking your talk? You know the story. Jesus challenges him to be all in. He challenges him to give away all his possessions because our budget, our finances are a direct 
direct mirror to our heart. Our budget displays our heart and our commitment to the next generation. I am proud to be part of a church that is investing, that is all in, that is wholehearted with the next generation. You heard it just a while ago. Through our finances, through the financial blessing that God has given us, that's a simple way to be a part of the next generation and making sure they are raised in Christ. So at this time, I'm gonna invite the ushers to come forward and I just wanna challenge you. Don't give because Heath told you to give. Give out of a, a cheerful heart, a heart, that, a heart that sees a face. We're gonna show some faces up on the screen. Maybe there's a young person, maybe there's a student that comes to mind. Give because of that, that person. Give because you want that kid and that student to encounter the love of Jesus and follow him for the rest of their lives. May we give financially, not because we have to, but because we get to. We get to be a part of what God is doing here at Spring Branch and in this city. Let's pray. God, may we finish strong, as Michael mentioned earlier. We finish strong these next few weeks and give financially, not to this church, but to the mission that you have given this church, and that is to reach the next generation. God, may we commit to these kids. May we commit to these students. May we make them a daily priority. Give us a kingdom perspective, a faith like a child, and may we commit to lifelong prayer, praying fervently and boldly for these kids to know you, Jesus. Take these gifts and use them for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen.